0: Hi there, you're listening to Capricorn Rising Inc, the podcast exploring the intersection of intuition and business. I'm your host, Alex Kayola. I'm an intuitive executive and business coach. On this show, we talk to professional intuitives and those who integrate their intuition into traditional corporate roles about the special sauce that makes each one of us successful. We cover topics like manifesting your dream job, discovering your zone of genius, creating meaningful business branding, and of course, the astrology and human design underneath it all. P.S. Capricorn Rising Inc. is the podcast formerly known as Intuition Calling and the business formerly known as Hypriestess of Brooklyn. Hey, if Kylie Jenner can rename her child after 16 months, let's normalize rebranding our business too. Stay in touch with us at Capricorn Rising Inc. on social media and our website and remember, a Capricorn Rising Tide lifts all boats. Let's start the show. Hello, hello, spiritual good morning to everyone listening. It is just five past the morning for me here as I'm recording this. So I feel like a fraud. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It's the morning. It's the morning. I mean, it's Sunday. So isn't it just always kind of afternoon in reality? So spiritual afternoon, spiritual good afternoon. By the way, saying good afternoon in English is the most awkward thing ever. Like who says good afternoon? Good afternoon. It Do, do people say it on like customer service calls? I guess you would say it maybe if you're at like a fancy restaurant. Um, it's just so formal. But then like you must say it and it's not that formal in like Spanish, buenos tardes, you know? Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> this episode has absolutely nothing to do with any of this, with any of the musings of different languages and, and the formality of good afternoon. Thank God, right? Because there's really only so much you can talk about with that unless you're on Duolingo and then you're going to say it all the time. You're going to talk about it constantly with the game. But anyway, today we have Amy Ogbonna on the podcast. She is the VP of Brand Experience at Little Words Project. Amy and I met a couple summers ago when I was doing an event for Little Words Project on the Jersey Shore and she wasn't working for them at the time, but she is besties with the founder, Adriana. And so we met that way, and she's just such a ball of energy, so much fun. So we stayed in touch. And then when she got the job that she is now in at Little Words Project, um, we started to work together even more, which was really fascinating. And I wanted to talk to her for a few different reasons. One, I think the culture of Little Words Project and how successful they've gotten recently is one to study and one to watch. So Little Words Project is a, um, basically a brand that the value is kindness and how we treat each other. And basically they're friendship bracelets that you trade or give to others or buy for yourself with little words that remind you of a particular phrase or concept um, rooted in something inspirational, aspirational, you name it. So the ones I've had are Grateful Gemini, (laughs) of course, and I... I think I gave the other one away I can't remember but I had three at one point and they're really cool and if you've been to a store like if you're in the New York City area the event I did where I met Amy it was on the Jersey Shore like it's just such a fun atmosphere it's very um I would say um hmm what's the right word bubbly probably joyous and fun and everybody's so nice when you walk in so they have a brand value of kindness it's kind of what they lead with and it's like that's what the brand is it's less about the bracelet and it's more about the feeling so uh amy's job as vp of brand experience is to really deliver a consistent experience across all touch points of the brand and to hold that consistency in the brand standard or with the brand standards. So like, for example, when you walk into a store versus when you buy online versus when you, when somebody gives you a bracelet, right? So that's, um, her job is actually really similar to, Janello's experience so if you listen to that episode or you haven't yet go back and listen um, to my episode with him because we go he and I go super in depth on that role Amy and I kind of talk about it more in the way she's running it at Little Words Project and sort of the culture there how they've grown as a startup and just sort of the ins and outs of that how she got that job too which is very um kind of divine and orchestrated. And uh we love that here, obviously. So that in and of itself is a really wonderful entryway into, I think, you know, just kind of getting a peek behind the lens of a very hot brand right now and how they're doing it and you know we're obsessed with brand values and seeing those brand values be transparent and little words project does that really well and you know amy is a proponent of what how they're so successful it's really the people that make the brand um run right and brands are nothing without the people without that that um Contribute to them, so their culture is very people centric, and I think it's interesting to think about that. She talks a little bit about her management style, all of that. So, kind of fascinating stuff to see what that looks like on the inside. And like I said, she also got that job in kind of a roundabout way, and I think that's super interesting because she brings up the phrase, and it's so good that I wanted to title it of this episode. Your network is your net worth. And she has viewed it her network or her community as so valuable. And that's a big brand value for her or a big, you know, personal value for her. And what does that mean? Because I think network, the word, has been commandeered by corporate America <laughs> to be like synonymous with walking into a room, or an event that is labeled networking and it's a bunch of strangers you have no idea who they are if you have anything in common with them other than the fact that you're both like at that same event and like kind of there to do the same thing right so you begrudgingly I'm explaining this because I know everybody's probably experienced this at some point in their life so you you put on your game face and you walk up to a stranger and you say like oh you know how's the weather or whatever the hell we say <laughs> do these things and it feels really inauthentic to be honest you know networking is ha- has turned into this like stodgy almost transactional inauthentic concept and that couldn't be further from what it actually means it means c- genuine connection and meeting somebody with no a knowledge of how they're gonna help you or what's gonna happen after that. just sort of a genuine introspective um, well, the one the networking that I prefer and what Amy would prefer is like striking up a conversation with someone who you vibe with where you have like energetic chemistry off the bat and then figuring out what things you have in common, figuring out what things you don't have in common, figuring out what you can learn from one another. I think a classic example is like sitting some next to somebody on like at a bar of a restaurant or on a plane where you're like seemingly put there at random, right? But you might not be. And it's totally up to you if you want to tap into that person, especially on a plane, right? When you really think about how many people are on the plane with and how we tend to hole up and get into our own little worlds. In New York, we do that too on the on the train. Like you're on the train with so many people, but like you have to protect your energy and your space. And so it does take a little bit of effort to go outside of that bubble, but the benefits and the reward can be so extraordinary. Like I've sat next to some of the most fascinating people ever on planes. I've once talked to somebody for the entire flight from LA to Philadelphia and it was one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had in my life like I think we both cried we laughed we live laughed loved you know not in the not in the corny you know home goods sign way like in the real way in the in the in the way that people wished it was when they made the live laugh live live laugh love sign (laughs) Does anybody see a live, laugh, love now and think, you know what, that's a good reminder. I mean, that's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna now, instead of looking at it as an eye roll, I'm gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna think about that time on the plane. I wanna think about that. Um. Wow, how did we get here? Uh. Networking. Okay, so Amy's really good at networking. Okay. Let's leave that thread where it is. You can hear more about it in this episode. And then last but certainly not least, because there's so much in this episode, Amy and I were chatting via DM one day about human design. I posted something about human design and she wrote back, I'm a reflector. And I was like, what? So if you know, you know, but In human design, reflectors are the most rare energy type. They're only 1% of the population. And I think it's really fascinating. My my personal opinion is that when you know like very little about something similar in the networking space, like – I want to know so much more. I want to know how that feels for her. I want to know, you know, how she has gotten into alignment with her human design after figuring out that she was a reflector, how she was already living in alignment before she knew. And the other thing about reflectors, so if you're interested in just hearing more about her experience, this is great for you. And also reflectors are meant to show us how our society is doing. So I also was really curious to get her take on how we're doing. And I think you will be too, because we tend to, maybe we feel these things, but we don't always acknowledge them. And reflectors are just like these guiding lights. They were, when we lived in smaller communities, they were there to really show us like how we're all doing and how we can be doing better and if we're not in alignment how to that would be the reminder to you know gracefully live laugh love again you know what I mean um I wonder if there was like a tribal live laugh love sign there must have been right like a, am thinking of Ted Lasso too like the it's believe right that like sign that's up on the top like that feels very tribal. Like we've always needed like some sort of emblem or, you know, kind of touch point. And the modern equivalent is live, laugh, love. That's what it is. Can't tell me any different. There's no other examples. (laughs) Just kidding. There's so many other examples. There's literally thousands of other examples, but that's the best one. In any case, this is a really fun episode. Um, you can follow Amy on LinkedIn, on social media, on Instagram. She's very active and really fun to follow. So I'll put all of her info in the show notes and you can play along. Um, if you're excited about these episodes, if they, if this one in particular really resonates with you, please share it with someone who would benefit from it as well. Um also subscribing and writing a review is so helpful for us as we grow. We're actually going to be wrapping up on season one pretty soon. So uh, there's plenty of other episodes to binge. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Um, But yeah, just thinking about uh, us as we grow and kind of what the next phase looks like for us. So, so grateful that you're here and enjoy this episode with Amy. Talk soon. Um, Amy, am I saying it right? Amy,
1: I so actually no. Okay, it's my name. My uh, this is I will reveal this okay. here, and this is just kind of funny, and it's just a very me thing. <laughs> so my 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 government name is Amy A M Y. Okay, I, I've been going by like Amy spelled like the French on me since I was in like high school. Um, I took French when you get to like pick your language in middle school, at least like in my town growing up, you get to pick your language. And I just picked the French spelling that would be Amy. And then I started going by that on social media. And it's just such like the gag is people will meet me and they'll be like, oh, like they'll just assume that's my name from jump. Yeah. And I would always go by like Amy A-M-Y. And then when I started at Little Words Project, which is pretty funny, we have four Amy's like in our corporate office and the company's pretty small. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go by like, and I also feel like A-I-M-E-E is my real identity. So that's why I go
0: by Well, cause I met you and I was like, I know her name is Amy, but then when I checked, I'm like such a stickler about pronunciation. So, and then I was like, oh shit, was I like saying her name wrong the entire time that I've known her? I don't think so. But then I like figured out the French pronunciation, which is mm-hmm. AMA. Yeah. And then, okay, I like this though. Like, you're the original brander. I mean, that's personal branding. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that was just who I am. And then people are like, oh, my God, that like AMY does not fit you at all. Like, you are like, and Amy with, like, an accent, you. Like, that's just who you are. Yeah,
0: it's so true. And it's, like, also cool to – it's so rare to get to, like, put an accent in somebody's name, I feel like. And mm-hmm. people probably don't put it in there all the time. But, like, it's – no. No, but it's fun. Okay. I like yeah. this little backstory. All right. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Little Words Project, you're the VP of Brand Experience there. Mm-hmm. They – that's how we met because we met I yeah. was reading, I was slinging tarot at a store <laughs> opening on the Jersey Shore. And um tell me how you got the job there and kind of like your trajectory. I mean, I know that we can take it yeah. all the way back too, but just um Little Words yeah. Project is just so talk about the- yeah. yeah, like so it's 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 everywhere now. I feel like kindness as like a brand mm-hmm. value is really important in the lexicon. So yeah, I'm just so curious. Yeah.
1: So, my journey with Little Words Project actually starts pretty early on. So, me and the founder, Adriana Carrick, are actually best friends and were roommates in college our sophomore year. So, we met a couple months before college just through like mutual friends in like our towns. If you grew up in New Jersey, like you always have like those people who have friends in other towns, and her hometown is really close to mine. So, we end up like going to college together. She starts Little Words Project and we're still friends throughout. I'm encouraging her on the sidelines. I've been in advertisements for Little Words Project from the very beginning and always kind of hooking up my friends with Little Words or putting Adriana onto opportunities that I heard. Oh, small businesses should show up here, et cetera, et cetera. I build my own career and then cut to January of 2023. I end up getting laid off from my tech job. I worked at Microsoft for about four and a half years. I start my own consultancy. I take Little Words Project on as a client. And then after doing that for a couple of months, Adriana and I kind of just like had to come to Jesus and we're like, okay, I think that we should take this to the next level. Like I'd formally like you to join the team in a full-time capacity. And that's where the VP of brand experience role came from. And it's kind of, a, it was a new role for them at the time, I think, and it's a startup. So like things are always changing and forming. And aside from like really traditional roles, like, okay, head of finance or um, operations manager, like brand experience as a, as an area in a business is kind of interesting. And so my title and what I do on a day-to-day is like not necessarily typical for, for most brands. That's where that
0: concept of entrepreneurship comes into play, which is cool. Yeah. And we were jamming on a little bit, but like that idea that you can, especially at startups where you can kind of carve out your own like ecosystem within a brand. So what does brand experience mean at Little Words Project?
1: Sure. So brand experience is shaping all the touch points in which somebody would interact with Little Words Project. So from customer experience in the traditional sense of like customer service, I'm having a problem with my order or something like that, like that sits under my purview as well as brand events, whether they're on like on our own properties like in our stores or brand events at like other brands in other brands ether so like if we're going to do a brand event at a festival or something or an activation or pop up there and then partnerships as well as community engagement kind of sits under under there and then um, public relations and influencer marketing just like how we how other people interpret the brand through the public eye, through traditional media. And then influencer. the influencer space is so big and social media has been so big for Little Words Project. So while I don't oversee social, I might help inform how we tell influencers to post about our brand on social media.
0: Right. So making sure that each touchpoint, as you said, is consistent
1: Yes, exactly. The voice is consistent. You're always getting that essence of what Little Words Project is, which like you said earlier, kindness as, as as its core is what you feel, whether you're interacting with us because you came into the store or you saw us at another brand's event or you received a bracelet from one of our brand ambassadors, like you always felt that same warm, fuzzy feeling, which is an originator, original brand name of Little Words Project. Like you always get that, that feeling of community and friendship and inclusivity that is the essence of Little Words Project, but in in any of those channels.
0: Wow. I love that. Wait, you said one of the original was warm and fuzzy? I
1: love that. So (laughs) when, when Adriana started this brand, like on, on our college campus within our sorority, the braces were called Warm Fuzzies, and then when she went on to create the brand Little Words Project after college, she luckily looked up, I guess, in like the USPTO of uh, <laughs> uh who like if if that was if that name was usable, and thankfully it was used because it wouldn't have turned into Little Words Project, which now is so fitting. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, so that was the the original concept was like passing around that warm, fuzzy feeling.
0: Wow. Okay. I love that. And I think that just like having brand – I'm obsessed with making brand values transparent because I think a lot of brands – which would be the antithesis of Little Words Project, you know, kind of don't embody the core values that they have within their company. You know, like we embody, you know, integrity, right? Like we think of them as almost Mm -hmm. like their standard. But with a company Mm -hmm. like Little Words Project, it's so – you feel it and you don't – you wouldn't Mm -hmm. even – I don't know what your core values are. I haven't seen them. But I know kindness is one of them in so many words, right? Because it's just – it's so clear and it's so – um powerful and uh what is the word potent like it's mm-hmm. it's tangible
1: yeah no and and that's that's really part of our core like it's part of our messaging it's part of our boilerplate and then we try to do that like in our hiring it's kind people it's friendship we are actually friends like you might see like I don't have a huge social media presence, but like Adriana and Mariah, who are the faces of the brand, essentially, like they are friends with everybody in the, in the office. Like it's really not fake. When Mariah and I travel together, we share a hotel room, like, because we are friends. If we did not like each other, we just would (laughs) not do that. Um, And so we are just kind, genuine people. And so that really does permeate throughout the brand from like store associates are just, you walk into a Little Words Project store, no matter in what city you are, like, everybody everyone is so kind so gracious so helpful like it's not an act it really is not and you can tell when it is and like we really are have been lucky to um employ people that are really authentic it's
0: fantastic and i think it's the wave of the future like if we are thinking about patriarchy this would be matriarchy right like how do we yeah. nurture everybody that comes in contact with the company and how do we make sure that we're pouring into one another and it's like that village mentality yeah. So you were in tech before this. Cool. Yes. A pivot. So tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about your – just your career trajectory before Little Words Project.
1: Yeah. And so I I think – and we were kind of riffing about this before. Like my career trajectory is not – linear or follow did not follow any type of path by any means i think i was always able to connect and and mention transferable skills that made me a fit for the next opportunity but It just was not clear. So my first job out of college, I would say like my first job that had benefits because I had a couple part-time jobs and like my right after college, I called it like my summer of hustle, And I was like, I would do kids' birthday parties. I babysat. I like was a waitress at a restaurant. Like I did like, I had 17 jobs and like right after I graduated college. And then I found a full-time job as an executive assistant to the founder of a private school in, in Manhattan. So I would commute to Manhattan every day. I'm working with this startup school. They're really trying to get into like that typical New York private school space where kindergarten is like $30,000 a year. So I'm working for the EA and I'm working as the EA for the founder of this school. And there, I was able to forge relationships with, you know, women who are 15, 20 years older than me, who just kind of, like, took me under their wing. Like, they would give me the keys to their apartment so I could, like, stay over in the city when they didn't. I didn't want to commute back to New Jersey. And I made really great friends with the person who was the director of marketing there, and she kind of, like, asked me those questions career driving questions. Like, what do you want to do? Cause at the time I was like, I don't know. I just want to like make a little bit of money. (laughs) Um, I didn't really have an idea of like where I wanted to go. Exactly. Like I knew I wanted to like make an impact, own things. I had kind of thought maybe I wanted to like be a lawyer at the time, but like nothing that I was truly passionate about. I liked fashion before that. And then I decided that like marketing branding event production would be where I'd like to go. I had asked for an opportunity to do like the enrichment programming at the school. And then that same marketing director had pushed me. She's like, she took me to the side. She's like, okay, I I don't see you in education long-term. She's like, you're doing a great job here, but like, this is not really you. And so she was just like always really invested in my career and just like my networking abilities to like make friends kind of helped me realize that like, you can use your network literally the embodiment of like, your network is your net worth. And she helped like put me on to so many different job opportunities, which then led me, led me to luxury hotels. I became the marketing manager for Bakra Hotel, SH Group at the time was the name of the company, but they do the Bacra Hotel. One hotels, I was really passionate about hotel marketing. I worked there for about four years in various capacities, opening hotels, coming up with branding. And so my job at Little Words Project now is very highly reflective of the things that I did in my hotel life, like events, PR, branding, just trying to get people to buy into these very unique, very special brands. And from there, I was doing a lot of marketing and I was just always again, have my eye on like the next thing, how I can utilize my network, utilize my skills. I was Driven towards like at at the hotels, I was doing social media, but this is like 2013, 2014, 15 in the early aughts of Instagram. Such a time. Like, I just look at like just like the tactics, the filters, the hashtags. It was just like such a world. And but we had influencer marketing back then. Like, I remember evaluating like some of those people who are probably like the biggest travel influencers in the world. Like, they had their media kits that they were sending to me, and I would be evaluating, okay, you can get a three night stay at this hotel, if you'll post this way, but this is like 2014. So it was just like so different. It's, it's so crazy, but like that was still a thing. And I wanted to get out of just like the event side and brand marketing side of marketing. And I wanted to get a little bit more technical and I started getting into like search and digital and an opportunity was available at Microsoft and me just being a networker. I had a couple friends who worked at Microsoft after college Um, And I just, you know, had them introduce me to people. I'm networking. I'm meeting people and they're telling me you have a great personality, which I've always known, but you don't have the technical skills. So I was like, okay, like, let me learn. Let me take whatever certification I have to do. Like, let me start like doing ads and stuff on the side. Uh, Then again, I like, I'm still in contact with those people, letting them know, hey, I've actually gotten this certification. I'm working on this. Next thing I know, they're like, okay, we have an opening. Like, you should come interview for it. And then I did that. I end up at Microsoft. And then I was in sales, in tech sales for for advertising. And then I found another area of the business that I wanted to be in, retail media, which has been sort of popping off of anyone who's listening is in the ad tech space. And I was more on the program management side. And I was like, okay, this is an area that I really, really love, um, of just managing a program, educating. I've always been that kind of person. And then, but I still like always had my marketing leg in the background. Like people would always ask me like friends with small businesses, like, Oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? And then when I ended up getting laid off, I was like, okay, I have to be resourceful for myself. What can I do? Reach out to my network. Like, who needs help with this little words project. You know, I I've, I've always been connected to them. Me and Adriana have been friends. We also sit on the board of a nonprofit together. I pitched like, "Oh, can I what can I do here?" Adriana and Bill, who is our COO and her husband, actually came up with a retail experience role for me to consult in, and then I, that kind of popped off and then that turned into the brand experience thing. So it's like all just like utilizing a combination of your skills, your network, your own savvy to like forge this very unique career.
0: I love what you said about your network is your net worth. And that's what made me think yeah. you were a four six in human design, but you're actually a one <laughs> three, which is, um, Someone who like wants to break things down to brass tacks and try a lot of different things. So that makes sense to me that you also really like like the educator piece. And you're also like, I'm going to educate myself at the same time as like, I think it's so inspiring Mm -hmm. also to just like wherever you start is not where you're going to end up. And your story is like such a great example of that. Like, oh, you want to do this? Do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, and like, some people will be like, oh, like you have done so many different things. I was like, I have like, for like, I don't know what the exact statistic is and I'll butcher it, but like the average millennial will have like what, 10 jobs throughout their lifetime or 10 careers or something. Like, I feel like I've had, I'm kind of in the same spaces. It's not like one day I'm doing construction and the next day that like, I'm a nurse. Like, I think it's just like, okay, you're not like. I'm not a lifer wherever I've been, but I think being at companies for like three, four years is kind of a long time nowadays. So like, I I don't know, it doesn't really like, I understand why some people be like, oh yeah, you've done so many different things, which I have. And I've kind of like, I'm using different parts of the same, like, of the same yes. skill set. You know what I mean?
0: And that um, outer, yeah. like, three line, which is basically to say, like, you will always appear as if you're doing a bunch of di- – like, trial and error. Like, always trying on a different hat mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. seeing how it fits and trying on another one. And I think that that's just so – uh It's so important that people see that as an archetype for success, that you don't have to just work one place for 40 years, which are like gone are the days, I think, but it's like maybe our parents' generation or their parents' Mm -hmm. generation that are like really big proponents of that. Um, You mentioned also your family like all being in a certain industry in healthcare, right? So like is that their trajectories, usually like their lifers in certain
1: regards? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we were saying this earlier, but like my dad is a respiratory therapist. My mom's a nurse practitioner. All my siblings are doing something in the healthcare space. And then I am in the marketing and branding space. And I said, and I don't know if like, if this is a self-fulfilling prophecy, but my mother said to me when I was younger that, and I'm one of five children, she said, you are the one child that I just don't have to worry about. Like, I know that you're going to figure it out. And then she does like check in on me. And like, and I think at some points when like, she maybe wasn't sure, like when I got laid off, she's like, oh, do you sure you don't want to go to law school? I was like, I'm very much like 32 years old and I'm set in what I'm doing, but like, thanks for the (laughs) suggestion. Um, But like, I think yeah just like they're lifers or they they'll be at a hospital for ten plus years where they're they're not gonna like my sister's not gonna stop being a physical therapist, I don't think like maybe she'll explore other things, but like she went to so many years of school for that um, and like it's not that you can't pivot and like everybody's young like she could decide to pivot whenever she wants, but it's just like not as likely when you're in a, a highly skilled highly specific trained area to to make a jump or make right. a leap or like, because school
0: around. I think is the way to suss out like it, are you going to stay in this industry because it's so much school so if like you don't love it mm-hmm. like you better bounce yeah. out like while you're paying you know <laughs> like whatever you're paying to go yeah and get that like exactly. high high education um but that mm-hmm. I, I love that nugget of it being a self-fulfilling prophecy, actually, because I think that it does take a seed somewhere in the subconscious. And it's a really beautiful thing to hear from a parent, whereas I think sometimes we hear the the flip side or the horror stories of like, my dad said this to me once when I was a little yeah. kid and it like stuck with me and I've been fearful yeah. ever since. But like for your parent to say, like, I trust yeah. you so much that I don't even have to worry.
1: Yeah. She's like, you'll figure it out. And like, I think I just always have been a figure it out type of person and very independent and just kind of driven. I do have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. I'm a Pisces, but I do have a lot of Capricorn. There you go. In so I think that that maybe also lends to it. I'm also the first daughter. And there's all like that kind of stuff. First daughter of immigrant parents, like you just have all of those layers.
0: I was going to ask you if you're an eldest daughter as one to one, as one to another. Yeah. I was like, she must be like the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eldest daughter syndrome is also real. But did you feel like that when your mom said that to you, did you feel like a sense of responsibility
1: with that? Yeah, I think I felt like I I definitely felt a lot of trust. Like I felt very reassured, re- reassured. And like the fact that like I would be able to figure out and it's like, I already knew that about myself. Like, I feel like I, I'm h- always been highly like self-actualized and, and pretty confident. Obviously, you know, you doubt yourself in various ways, but I think I always, I kind of always knew like I was going to do something. I was not going to falter, but it really did kind of inspire me or it's a guiding light because I'm like this, whatever, this down, the, like this valley will, will pass. Like it will, like, it's not permanent. Like, okay, if I, if I got laid off, like I'm not going to be laid off forever. I could figure it out. Like I will be able to come out on the other side of this and better and, and more resilient and stronger and more skilled than I was going in I
0: think, it for people to hear that, anybody who's going through tech especially is going through a really hard time of just sort of like having that boom during the pandemic. And now I think a lot of companies are experiencing layoffs. So I think having that internal confidence and anchor and guiding light to say like, I will figure it out. Almost like get Amy's mom in your in your psyche too, to say like, I'll never yeah. worry about you. And I think sometimes we just, if we hear that externally, that's great. But if you have that internal voice to guiding you, like it's so important.
1: Yeah, for sure. It really, it, it shapes it and, and it starts from from youth. And like, I will say like my mom was like that for all of us and some not everybody has it. So if you don't like try to flex that muscle and it is difficult, but just try to, it sounds like kind of cliche, but believe in yourself and just like, know that like, you've also, you've gotten through the worst days, like you really have, and you can. And like, I know how discouraging it is. Cause even when I was out on my own quote unquote, after I got laid off and then you hear about, more and more companies doing it. And you're like, okay, now I'm competing with like people who work at a better company than me, who are more educated, more years of experience. Like, of course they're going to get the job over me. And like, I can, I definitely know like where people have been in the past. And I think that that's just where that internal guiding light will 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 help get you out of
0: that. And also I think for you, somebody who has always said like, I, if I don't know how to do it, then I'll set myself up to figure it out. I think entrepreneurship, although I know it wasn't extremely long for you because then you got the full-time job at a Little Words Project, but I would I just said this to a client, two clients recently. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur for like a month or six months or 40 years, I would hire you in any full-time position anywhere because you have at one point had to figure out from the brass tacks sticks of a problem. And that means you will just inherently bring that into wherever you go and treat it like it's your own.
1: No, I, I think that's so – yeah, I think that's so valuable. I think that's so valuable for so many people who like might be in between jobs like if, they, if you do desire – um, employment, like working as an employee, like your skills, like that quote unquote gap on your resume, like can be used to your advantage. And there are people like you or other people who are hiring who, who definitely see that as like, okay, this person knows how to navigate sticky situations and there's no, and they know how to work with yes. playbook
0: Or creating the playbook, which it doesn't always mean like right away. Mm-hmm. You're, you're making bank because I think entrepreneurship gets really romanticized unfortunately. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. Yes. But um what was your experience working for yourself in that way? Like what parts did you like? What parts were like a little stickier for you?
1: Yeah, I loved kind of being able to choose clients and projects that I really liked and I started with again my my network. I think like Adriana is one of my best friends, but she's not my only friend who's works in the entrepreneur space. So like, I'm always, I've always been kind of like a connector of people. So if I have a friend who might be, who might have like a small, like tattoo business or whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell everybody I know to get their tattoos from you. Or, you know, so I, I was kind of just like went to the people I knew who had different kinds of businesses. Um, oh, like a small business, a restaurant, beauty, whatever, like what do you, what kind of advice do you need? Where can I kind of plug in? And even if I don't have that like exact skill set from my past, I probably could do it a little bit better than you only because I, I was kind of close to it. Like if you needed like marketing or something and like maybe I didn't do like full on influencer marketing campaigns, I only managed the agency. I know what went into that so I could I would give those services and offer that. So I was kind of like an everything kind of consultant. Like I've consulted for social, I've consulted for customer experience, I've consulted for like site strategy. And like, I think that when you're working with some smaller businesses, like they're not really looking for an expert, they're kind of just looking for a Mm band-aid or just somebody else they're outsourcing. Like maybe I was getting jobs off of Fiverr outside of like my own network. And so that's kind of how I... I I, like navigated that. So at the beginning was just like a lot of trial and error and just like casting a wide net. I'm like, I'll do kind of anything that you want because I was getting to a point of like not really believing that I would figure it out. And I was getting a little mm. bit panicked because like my severance was ending and my, like, I I was applying for unemployment, but I just didn't want to rely on that. So I was like, okay, like I need to like kind of figure it out. So if I get like $5,000 from a client here, $250 for this, like, yeah. and so I was just kind of like doing any and everything. And then when I brought Little Words Project on, they wanted me to consult in like a more full-time capacity. So they were my biggest client at, Got at the time. But that, but they weren't my first. I was uh, uh, kind of out on my own for like four months before I even brought that up to you. Yeah,
0: and I like the idea of sort of adapting. That's very much in your design that profile, like adapt, like figuring it out, adapting, and then kind of honing in from doing that versus um, going in very like direct or like with a specific expertise because you can, but then yeah, it might take longer to build that or you just don't get as much experience and you don't get your like your hands dirty. And I think the like the idle hands, you know, are the devil's playground. I I feel like you're definitely somebody Mm -hmm. like I can tell you you have a lot of energy and you like to like be, you know, immersed. So I think that's important. Um, And then I want to talk about another aspect of your human design that I think is so interesting that it's very rare. So we were chatting on DM, I think. I put something up about human design and you were like, I'm a reflector. And I was like, what? We have to talk about this. I'm like so excited to jam with you on it because for everybody listening, the reflector type and energy type in human design is so rare. It's 1% of the population. And tell me, well, I'll I'll just like say the overview, but the reflectors are here to be the mirrors for society to kind of show us how everybody's doing and um, yeah. really be that like guiding light. If we were thinking about the reflectors in the village, um, guiding light keeps coming up with this in this podcast, right? But like really be that for everybody in the community to say like, are we well? We need to look at Amy or there, there would be like one reflector in the community of a hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So yeah, tell, walk me through what it was like to like figure out that you were a reflector and then like start to map it to your life.
1: Yeah. I think I originally got introduced, I've, I've obviously heard of human design like throughout my adult life. And especially like I said, like I have Capricorn on my chart. So like, I'm clearly a person who like knows a little bit about like astrology or personality typing so you would might naturally be drawn to kind of learn those things but I think I dove deeper into it um I'm not sure like maybe in like pre like in pre-pandemic like era like maybe in 2019 2020 but then it kind of came up again when my husband and I were getting married our photographers like I need to know each of your, your human design and your Enneagram. (laughs) Like she just, looked, she was like that. She's like, okay, just so I can know what it's like to work with you. So we did it again. I think my Enneagrams were like two and seven or something. And so then I looked into my human design when I heard that I was like, it makes so much sense. Another thing about reflectors is we do need to like take time to like make decisions. And so I think that like, as much as people might like look at or reflect or some of those qualities that you mentioned, of like kind of being a chameleon and like not kind of being yourself because you're just like mirroring what people are presenting to you, it also does like just help you relate to people. And so I think like if I I have so many different aspects of my personality and like I could be like oh I have like this aspect of myself and everybody does, but like that I reserve for this type of friend or this type of relationship, and I think that. Once I learned that about myself, so many things just like kind of made more sense. How I've been, and I think that I do consider myself very lucky. And I kind of my mom's gotta be a reflector too. I would love to see her. Like you think like I'm kind of cool and captivating and like interesting to speak to. Like my mom is just like on it from another planet. And so when I think about like when I hear when I heard that about like, you know, being able to relate to so many people and navigate situations very differently and probably with a little bit more finesse of ease or maybe how it appears to others because I also do struggle but because I have that reflecting quality I've been able to relate to and maybe leverage relationships with a little bit more ease than like my peers and so when I learned that about me I was like okay that makes a lot of sense of why I've been able to do that I think it's been sort of um a tool in my toolkit for my career and how I've navigated with like managers and and colleagues and and friends or like just like networking like how you're supposed to like game the system and work the ladder and all that kind of stuff. And like I'm not always great at that, but I think i'm all like I'm really good at relationship building because of that reflective mm. quality. and I think but also as you do kind of internalize a lot of things, and so I could see when it's like how measuring how we're doing based on how the reflector is and like I feel that in sort of any kind of job I've had like having to be the mouthpiece or like absorbing how like absorbing the culture and absorbing like what's kind of being emitted from everybody else like I can very much like read the read the room like I'm a thermometer in that
0: kind of yeah. Way. I love your your take on it and the way you're describing it as sort of just this built-in empathy, being able to like show people yeah. not only, you know, how you are, but how they are and how you can find those connection pieces really easily and quickly. I think that's beautiful. And and i guess to your you know if you're the oracle of the of the society of our little like uh, group here like how would you say we're doing as
1: a society right now i think we because i am not so if i'm the <laughs> oracle i think a lot of us are are struggling a little bit right now and i've been cuz i i'm very honest with like my friends and people that I talked to on social media. My husband would, would categorize me as an overshare, but I'm like, you think I'm an overshare? You have to like, just see what's going on in this world. But I would get on my Instagram and say like, Hey, like I'm actually not feeling like all that well right now. Like I'm down. It could be like seasonal affective disorder or like, I'm just feeling like out of alignment. And many of my friends are going through similar things right now. So I do think like we're kind of, we're on a down but i think part of like getting out of that is being deliberate and intentional about whatever it is that that lights you up so like for myself like if i do not make any types of changes it will only get worse but if i make a conscious considered effort to show up for myself in the ways that fill me up meditation like natural sunlight exposure, daily walks, water, sleep. Like those like just like little things that I know we all don't have enough time for. Like those things kind of help me get back to equilibrium. But I do feel like as a society at large, like, you know, you could just think about so many things that are happening on a macro level and then how people, how those macro things are being absorbed by us. So like, okay, the economy is not doing well. There's war in the world, there's turmoil people are getting laid off left and right and now we're all dealing with those effects and i think that sometimes like messages for how to combat that just are not reflective of like reality people will be like oh well just work harder or whatever people say and it's not it, it that's not yeah. the case um but i do feel like we're all kind of starting to internalize like those those outer happenings into our
0: Totally. It's like creating a little bit of discord, even in our personal relationships. Where like, I think social media is like the one we can't, we can't put everything on social media, but social media makes the village so much bigger. And so you're, you're interacting yeah. with, with complete strangers at all times and complete strangers who you don't know what they're going through. I, I think about this all the time where when people talk about road rage, And they're, like, the reason why it happens, like, so fast for people is because you cannot see the other person. It's just a car, you know. But we know that the person – we know cognitively the person that is – that there's a person operating that car. Unless it's, like, one of the fucking self-driving vehicles, which is a whole story for a different day. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) I mean, if those two people get out of their car, I mean, odds are hopefully – it 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 mm-hmm. uh diffuses back down to like a more normal mm-hmm. level but the 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 social media you know cage uh where we just have a handle where we're you know communicating with people we have like a face uh and a name and like maybe some shit on our profile and we make all sorts of judgments about one another we, you know people pop off in the comments like i've even noticed this week like because i'm on a little bit of a weird not low, but like, I just feel extra sensitive right now. I'm getting pulled into it. And I'm like, wait, Mm wait, 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 wait. Like, what's going on here? Like, I know better than this.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And it brings you down. Like, not not that you're on a low, but like, you might become a different person when you're like, reading the comments. So funny that like, about the comment section. So also, you kind of notice I'm all over the place. I have so many different ideas. Like, I also riff about different types of tv shows that i want to write <laughs> and one of them is called the comments i think there's already like a podcast about that but it's just like if we were to act out and personify all the people beside behind those comments and like bring that to life like people just say there's like the keyboard words of all of it of it all like just get people to do and act like so differently and then a couple of um new Year's ago I actually gave up my, my New Year's resolution was to not read the comments because I would just be and not even on my own comments but like on posts or like on polarizing topics like I would be like on a TikTok video and like reading the comments for where like I go first minutes yeah like 20 minutes because <laughs> <laughs> like, it can be really entertaining i like I just <laughs> it's entertaining but I was like I need to like get this out of my like brain like I need to move on with my
0: yes life. well how did it go how long did you last
1: Oh, no. I I probably lasted about a month. And like my my husband reminds me of that, old Isaac. remember when I was, he's like, you stay in the comments. I don't know. it is it is a form of entertainment. I, it's really crazy, but no, I I can't give them up. But like, I will sometimes notice I'm like, okay, you've been in like these comments and then I'm on like the sub thread of the comment. I'm like, people go crazy. People
0: I was just talking about this uh, too. And my friend Jordan, who was a, she was on the podcast a little while back and she was a social media consultant. And so she also does shadow work. So it's like actually a really interesting thing to talk about the shadow of Instagram or of any social media, because what it brings out of us is like this, you know, ego or insecurity or whatever the case may be, like we censor ourselves or we don't censor ourselves, we get ramifications. So she told me, and I'm sure many people have heard this in some capacity, but to set an alarm for yourself on social media, I still yeah. haven't done it, but I'll get, I'm pretty good at like gauging the time. So I'll like look at the clock when I get on and I'm like, it's been 10 yeah. Like that's enough. Yeah. Pack it up.
1: I use the, I use the app Opal and I started using it in the pandemic. Um, it's, you can, it, and I had, I had the paid version at one point. Um, but it is pretty much, uh, like a screen time app, but it's more, it's a little bit harder to crack than like just screen time okay. on your phone. And so it was, I would put, I think I would put on like a morning one. Cause I was really susceptible to waking up in the morning, checking email, checking social media and like scrolling in bed. But like now if like Instagram and TikTok are not accessible to me until like 9:30 a.m. like I can't wake up and start looking wow. at those things. And so, it. yeah, so okay. Opal,
0: I've started to do that as a morning habit as well, um just not checking my phone at all for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um and some days I'm better than others. No, it really changes the course of your day. Like, completely. Yeah. Like it just I think s- social media is like and any sort of technology like just immediately opens you up to communication like from the very jump and that's communication is ripple uh, rife with other people's emotions basically so especially for sensitive people like you and your design you know me all of us are sensitive you know like you have to be really conscious of that boundary and like I mean the most overused word of of the century it feels like is boundaries but like that's another area where it's like your time is important and the first hour of the day is arguably the prime real estate so how are you mm-hmm. going to program your day
1: it's important yeah no For sure. Like in so many ways. And like when I'm, when I'm on my like P's and Q's, it's like, I wake up, I I never sit with my phone in my room, actually. Like my apartment is lofted. So my, my phone is downstairs. Um, and if I ever do, like, let's say I might be like doing something on my phone. I have to bring it into bed. Like my sleep is affected because I'm still on the phone until a certain time. So like, that's why like my, my cardinal rule, like my, my phone does not come up to bed with me, but then when I am being like pretty on it, I'll wake up and I'll meditate immediately like so I can clear my head. And if I'm really, really good, then journaling. Um, so then like just I set the tone for my day, not mm-hmm. not the phone and not the chatter, not the comment section. Like I am in control of that.
0: The One of the habits of successful people I see all the time is that early, whether you call them journal or morning pages, just whatever the hell is in your head gets out on the page without judgment. How do you treat your journal?
1: I treat my journal as um a brain dump. Yeah. And I actually used to be in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and my journal, like I, I one of a couple of my sessions I read with my therapist and he was like, your journal my journal was like giving very like Capricorn. I was like, I need to do this and that. And I was like just so militant with myself. Like and, and then I would like write my journal entries of like, okay, here's what I did. Here's what I want to do. But then I would I would say like, oh, the way for me to like feel better today. I think I was pretty down in the pandemic. That's when I started doing CPT. Um, I was just like, oh, like I have to get like X, Y, Z steps and this much water. And like, I was just like so prescriptive with like how to be, uh, but I would use it like that. And so, but when I'm just like, just like jamming in life and feeling like pretty at ease it's just like a nice reflection of my days like oh I did this I'm excited to do that and I feel like that's probably a better place to come from than like using it as like a to-do list with sentences which is what like I used to (laughs)
0: yeah tell me you're a Capricorn without telling me you're a Capricorn you use every freaking notebook as like a to-do list (laughs) and everyone else's too it's like oh shit um yeah, I think that the brain dump is so important and it, it's something that I work with on um, with my clients a lot because when things kick around in the brain they tend to become magnified. Like our brain is just basically doing what we tell it to do. So the things that we think mm-hmm. about day in, day out, whether they're big or not, whether it's like I need to put gas in my car. It just becomes like you need to put gas in your car and it's like this huge freaking thought, but like it's not that big. Yeah. Like if you put it down on paper you're like, "Oh yeah, like I'll do that." I'll do that. It's like Mm -hmm. not a big deal. But, um, you know, yeah, I think people are kind of in that space where I like to think about just like those habits that help us be productive or like help each person organize themselves or keep themselves on track. You said, you know, I'm very creative and like things are kind of all over the place for me. So it feels like journal is like one kind of grounding practice that really helps you keeping your phone out of the out of the bedroom like blessings to you. Okay. That's another one. I love that. (laughs) I will get work myself there eventually. What are some other like tools and habits that you have found really help you
1: mind your P's and Q's to use your phrase? Yeah. Um walking, like walking outside, like sometimes when I'm just like even if even if it's cold out, but like sometimes I do just like walk on the treadmill for exercise. But like walking outside even if it's like a state change, like I'm just doing it for like five minutes or just like around my block really quickly, like just like that air, that just like being in touch with reality, like outside of my space. Um, I do meditate. I meditate pretty regularly, I would say. And I use a couple different methods, like if I'm using an app, if I'm using YouTube or just like my own like my own mind. Um, I do that like at least five days a week, I think I meditate. Um, And then just like, talking to people. I call my friends if I can, or, or my sister, like if, if if you're lucky enough to have a sister and have a good relationship with her, like you can just like get on the phone with your, your sibling and just kind of like, even if you're just talking to them while you're on the way to do something, but just like checking in with your friends and then being there for my friends does, does also help me. Like I actually do get joy out of like hearing what they're going through and offering advice. Um, but yeah, I would say outside of of journaling, like meditation, walking, and 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 pouring into like my community and friendships. Mm, I love that. Community is so – it feels like so
0: important to you. It's been so important in shaping your own career, but also you now mentioning this, like giving back, even if it's just with someone that is really near and dear to you. But now that you're leading a team, tell me a little bit about what it looks like to pour back in and be that mentor that you had at such a pivotal time in your yeah. career.
1: Yeah. I try to, in my own team, like my own direct reports, I do give everybody a weekly one-on-one and I'm actually notorious for like going over time and i and like, cause I allow it. <laughs> I do allow it. So let's say we have 45 minutes on the calendar. If we need to speak for an hour, we need to speak for an hour and 15. Like I I do allow it if, if the space is needed. If somebody on my team is going through something, I do offer that. And I think I've been described as also being very solution oriented. So you can complain to me as much as like things are not working, but then I'll be, okay, how can we do this? And then if you're gonna say, oh, we need XYZ, I'm gonna say, why? Outside of the tools that we already have, what do we already have in place that can handle this? Like that's how I like help offer like constructive mentorship. But I do like leave space for like let's just talk about how we're feeling regardless of work, like what's going on in your personal life, if you want to share it. Um, And they have that time with me every week. And then I try to just be a a mentor to even people who are not on my team. Just like having an open door policy has been said to be like the least time effective way to like be a leader. Like you really should structure your time. Um, But there are moments when it's like my personal productivity is less important than like the state- of affairs of the people Mm. you know what I mean like if if the people are out of whack it doesn't really matter if I'm like very efficient and like getting my stuff done like if my team is not happy like it's gonna it's gonna affect me later on so I I try to do that I try to build community that way um something that's not only like reflective of me but a, a great little tactic that little words project has done for like all new people that come into the team is like new hire coffee dates so mm-hmm. they're able to meet with people on other teams because like, you probably speak to your own organization and team pretty regularly but like if you're on the marketing team like you should definitely go and get coffee with somebody who's on like the product team and just something outside of the workday um to kind of like promote that cross-functional collaboration but like that cross-functional friendship not just like okay we need to hit this deadline but like hey look let's just like shoot the shit over yeah. a cup of coffee
0: totally Because that actually is productive to your point. You know, when you Mm – when the boundaries are not there and you say, like, you could just come in and interrupt me whenever, like, that's one thing that, like, you know, that's one thing. But, like, if there (laughs) – you know, you also want to create a safe space for people to come in and say, like, if there is an emergency or something that's, like, really on fire, like – don't ever feel like you can't approach me because where sometimes that yeah. boundary, if it's too rigid, like then somebody mm-hmm. who's like, well, I didn't feel like I could say anything to you because you were busy. And then it's like, no, if the house is on fire, like you should absolutely tell me, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, it's like finding that balance and you're right. Like the people are the most important piece of the organization. They are the organization. So mm-hmm. if you're not hitting the bottom line or like something's not successful in some way, m- most times it has to do with like, a management problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, and the, it really is true when people say like people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Like I've, well, I, think it's, I, I don't think that's like hard and fast because I've left jobs and had great relationships with managers uh, or with, with, with teams that were there, but like I was leaving for like a greater purpose and to like get myself personally to like the next level. Um, but I do think that like, it's a deciding factor. Like let's say, if take like the the offer and the package and the money aside from what I'm getting, like at least like you'd probably think about it a little bit more or maybe want to counter if you were going to be leaving an amazing team and manager. But like if all of that was like crap and you'd be like, okay, I'm I'll leave for like one dollar more. Like some people will do. Or less. Probably for the same. Or less. Yeah, less sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So totally. Because it it means more. Yeah. It's I mean, I think like Mm -hmm. when you think about the grand scheme, it's just um, helping a client today like negotiate an offer and she was like can I negotiate that and I'm like if it's what's going to make you happy then like absolutely because yeah Um, and no- none of it was about money like none of it and I was yeah. like that's like such a blessing to be like okay is this opportunity if the money's all the same you know can we get to a place where we like money's a thing it comes when you're doing mm-hmm. something that like and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but like in my opinion, that like money comes when we're like in flow, doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Like it might take a minute, but like if you're patient, like it will come to you in spades. And yeah. and when you're not and you're like nickel and diming or like really thinking about like the next job I need to make X, Y, Z money, mm-hmm. um, we can tend to like lose the plot a
1: little bit, Yeah, you know? No, I agree. I think money is important. Um, I'm sorry. Did you finish your thought? Yeah,
0: please jump in.
1: Okay. <laughs> I tend to do that. I tend to do that. Like, I just yeah. – thank
0: you for saying that was really considerate. That was really considerate. Yes, I'm done.
1: I try to be that person <laughs> that is, like, the person that you're supposed to, like, be. Like, or you're, if you're in a group, you should just be like, oh, Jessica, were you about to say something? Like, you know, you have to give that, like, room to that person. I love that. Um, I try. Okay. But I do think money is very – I think money's important. Like I don't think people should be taken advantage of, but I do think that like it's not the most important. Like there I would take like a job that at least allows me to like pay my bills and things be like fine like financially, like I'm not like going in the red every month, then a job that's allowed me to be like in an ultra surplus and miserable. Like, I think that that's not like, like there's no amount of money that can like pay for your mental health or like your stress or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't think that that is the case or like maybe like people would argue like, okay, but yeah, if I could like be really, really, really miserable for one year and make like $5 million, like I would do that. I get that. But what I'm saying is like, relatively speaking, like if you could, let's say, in your area, you could get me making $50,000 to, like, get by as a single person. Like, I'd take that in, like, a pretty chill environment and having, like, mental clarity than making double and just, like, not having time for myself, not having time for my family. Not like mm-hmm. Then, like, what's the point? What's the point of the extra money? Yeah. Um, because, like, your health and, like, your mental health is that much more important. But then I also do feel like, like you were saying, like, being patient and, and like, investing in yourself and believing in your skills like i have people so many friends in my network who have left the traditional workforce and are doing things that are entrepreneurial and maybe they're not making as much money as they did when they left but they're super fulfilled and and it just took a little bit of time it took like it was like a snowball effect it's like okay maybe i left like my cushy 9 to 5 job and I was making half but like I was okay and then it it slowly slowly got there eventually to like surpass it or maybe it never did but like that that like delta Mm -hmm. from like of a happiness is filling it yeah you know what I mean so I, I think like yeah I think money is very important I think it helps us achieve a lot of goals and you just have to like what is the money what is the use of the money like is it helping afford me a lifestyle because I have many friends even when I worked in tech they're like I don't love my job but my job allows me to have the lifestyle that I want to have and so I, I don't put that much emphasis in what I'm doing day to day as long as I'm able to go on multiple international trips a year and I can go to my favorite restaurants and I live in New York City with ease like I don't care if I'm click clacking all day and, and like for some people, like that's very fine and fulfilling. And other people would be like, there's no way I could ever work a nine to five job. I'd rather be a server. Like, yeah. And then like, and so, yeah. And so I think that like, it, it's just different for everybody, but I do think it's important. Like I would be, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't important to me. I think just because of the lifestyle I lead, like I've, I've been able to work in large multinational organizations. I've worked in technology. I live in New York city. I've worked in fashion. Like I just know, like the vol- like understand the velocity of money and how it makes the world go round yeah. but like is it the be all end all like no sometimes i'm like okay you know what i could w- live with a lot less and like go live on an island and i hope i could do that one yeah, totally yeah
0: because like to your point when you said you know working in one year and making five million dollars like you don't know what that's gonna set you back like morally and emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually and like it could be like it takes you like yeah. five years to get back on track and it's like oh all the money yeah, like gone. your
1: cortisol's like through yeah. the roof and like i don't know you just your like adrenals are like depleted like i i don't know I, like you don't know if it's worth it
0: completely i think that is such a good frame to to say like because it, in i i live a lot in like the spiritual realm I, I mean not like physically in the spiritual although yes a little bit but like <laughs> yeah. the in the spiritual realm of like people talking about money and like how money is energetic and things like that and like it's can be really interesting i think about this a lot to just sort of live in both where we can acknowledge that like money is the value that we exchange in our society and also in that like being happy and emotionally fulfilled is the thing that brings us money. And so like hacking money is actually has yeah. nothing to do with money, which is just the craziest. Exactly. Thing.
1: No, I love I love that actually. Like hacking money has nothing to do with money. So like if you're doing the thing and bringing out into the world like people will come to you for your skills or your gifts rather like maybe we call them gifts and like they will pay you for that. (laughs) Like you just, you being yourself, and not just like being myself living on the couch, but like me putting out into the world my value and my what I'm interested in. Like people have will approach you. Like I wasn't even like looking for clients and a friend would be like, oh my God, I have this venture going on. Like I need your help and I'm willing to pay you for it. Like that's happened yeah,
0: to me before. which is the best. And that is like how yeah. it should be. And as long as people know what to come to you for, you know, however you do yes. that, um, how do you do that as a reflector or like maybe you don't think about it like that, but like, how have you, it feels like you utilize your network. So maybe like a blast of like a personal email or like just texting, staying in touch with people. Like, how do you let people know, like, here's what you come to me for?
1: Um, I don't have any kind of formal way. I think I'm also always like just offering advice. So like somebody will be doing something they have, like, for example, they might like start like a mobile ice cream truck. And I'm like, you should do this. You should do that. And I'm coming just to a conversation. Like they, let's say we're going out to coffee, like, oh, I'm going to open a mobile ice cream truck and I'll just give them the ideas. So like, they already know that like, I am a kind of person that can do that. And I just kind of give unsolicited advice. I I do that too. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm like, not that you asked me, but like, you should totally like be listed in the yellow pages or something, whatever the fuck, you know, like, and then, and then people just start asking me those types of things. And I kind of just like, I, I think I, for my, like my trajectory that I talked about earlier has been kind of interesting. I've worked in some pretty cool industries with like emerging brands and things like that. And so my network does know that like, I have had pretty cool different experiences. Um, and so I think that that's why they've come to me. But I also like, if people may not, might not know what I did at all those jobs, I do just like always just give
0: my opinion. <laughs> and no, I think that that's so valuable. And as a reflector, like you should, because like whether or not you're yeah. asked or not, like we need to know as like a society yeah. member. So I think you should always see continue to see it as your duty to do so. Um, yeah. And like, I agree, like the unsolicited, sometimes now I like I'll stop. I know the friends that I could just like fucking pop off mm-hmm. and like tell them exactly what I think. Like it's And they'll say yeah. like, I want your advice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you, the- Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tell you I like it, but then I'm also going to ask you like like. like, a thousand questions and, like, really probe. Um, But, yeah, I think, like, if that's who you are, like, I think just being who you are and just knowing that, like, that will in turn allow the people who are supposed to be in your orbit in your orbit and the people who are not Mm -hmm. meant for you to, like, get the fuck out of your way, basically.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, no, totally. And I think we said something earlier about, like, community and, like, I think I've always been good at having community but it wasn't always deliberate but in 2023 I think I put community on my vision board Mm. like so many different examples of it because I I think I was feeling like was kind of coming out of the pandemic and having had multiple friends who had moved out of the city and all of that and I was like really just kind of like hoping to hone in on that and I've just always been pretty good at like if I have a friend and then they introduce me to like their friend then I will become with Friends with that friend, mm-hmm. and not because like I'm just trying to like hop from friend to friend, but it, maybe it's my reflective nature that I'm like very a- very easily able to do that. But like just like putting that out into the universe that I really wanted to like solidify community has also been helpful for me.
0: I love to hear you talk about manifestation because I was gonna say this earlier, I just didn't say it explicitly, but you are a really powerful manifester. You've gone through numerous different. I would say we talked mainly about career, but you've been like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and you just kind of like pick a spot and grab it. Is vision boarding like your preferred method of choice when it comes to manifestation?
1: Uh no, not really. I've done it a couple times, like. As activities, like I've I've had friends who might be like hosting vision board events, and I do like to like support my friends. So if like if they're doing something, I would I've gone to a, a couple of vision board events, and then like one of my girlfriends when I put it on in 2023, she just we had been talking about it, and she's like, okay, like let's set a date early January to do vision boards, and then like two weeks later, another friend asked me, so I was like, okay, I'll just like start my vision board with this one friend, and I'll continue it and like elaborate on it, and so I didn't do one in 2024, and so. I mean, it's still early. I could still vision. You don't need a vision board for January. But, like, I haven't done one yet, rather. Let's say it like that. So I'd say, like, my way of manifesting is in my journal, I usually, like, would, would, like, write things down. Like, okay, I want to achieve this by then. Or, like, I've done, like, dream life journaling, like, writing a journal entry as if I hear it. Like, if I were to write a journal entry as if it's me in... Like February sixteenth of twenty twenty five. What does my life look like then? Like I've done that exercise a couple times. And like I just you know pretend you're walking through your life, and it's like oh okay. I wake up in my brownstone, da 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 da. Like all those types of things, and and that's been a way that I manifest as well.
0: And that one feels like it's worked well.
1: I think so. I think it's like the one I've been like the most consistent with. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, that to your point, I think it's it's about consistency, and it's also about like you're manifesting whether or not you are conscious of it or not. So, Mm -hmm. whether or not you did a vision board this year or not, like you have these things that are top of mind for you that you're talking about all the time or you're doing all the time, and that's really what's putting out the signal to the, in the universe, right? Like it's just your energy. It's responding yeah. to your energy. So like mm-hmm. these methods are, are just that they're methods. And if it's helpful and it gets you into that place, I, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, 100%. I have a question. Are you, do you know your Venus sign off the top of your head?
1: Um, no, but I could check. Okay.
0: I could Please check it. App. Cause if I check it on my computer, it's going to like, yeah, crash no, again. I'm going to
1: check it on. <laughs> I'm going to check it on Co-star? (laughs) Co-star. Sure. Um, Okay. My Venus is in Aquarius. I was thinking
0: Aquarius or Capricorn because I have this theory and this is like where journal like meets it, right? So like the Mm -hmm. air sign Venuses are really great at verbally speaking their manifestations like out loud and into existence. Wow. But Capricorn – And all Earth Venuses are really good with writing things down or like the physicality of it. I think your journal kind of serves both purposes because you could also say, you know, it's like written verbal communication heavy but you're also like working through like practical things and you're like writing something down. And um, cause I know yeah. you said you also have a lot of Capricorn in your chart, but um, yeah, Aquarius is also like much more big picture. So it's not like small little, like, Oh, I, you know, I need like this certain couch. It's like, I want yeah. the brownstone and the feeling and this yeah. is like the whole system of the thing. Like this is the system of my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because Venus is responsible for like what we find attractive and what we love. And it's also in many ways like our point of attraction. So it's just – because it's like our love language with the universe
1: basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that I'm learning so much. Like I do – I have CoStar app. I have multiple friends who are like very deep into astrology. I've had my chart read. I, I had a reading with you. Mm-hmm. But I need to, like, know more of it off the top of my head. I love when people are like, oh, like, that means
0: that. I don't think you do. I mean, you could, like, you absolutely can if you want to. But I think you're just, like, living it and embodying it. And I think that that's the beautiful thing that I try to do with, like, astrology or human design is just basically validate to people, like, you're good. Like, you're you're on track. Yeah. You're in alignment. That's the most important thing, because just similar to like what your mom said to you, like I I I don't really worry about you, you know. Like there's certain (laughs) clients where I'm like, I don't know if you need me that much, you know what I mean? Like, and nobody really does need anybody else, I think, for unless for like ideas, strategy, and like validation, basically. Like sometimes you just need to bounce your shit off somebody else. Um, I think you're really good at that. It seems like in. I I know now because like having this like deeper conversation with you but like um but that's literally all it is like are we all just like just kind of bouncing off of each other all day every day you know no
1: I think so I I definitely think so like we're like no man is an island as they say like yeah we're just getting absorbing our putting our spin and flavor on it. So yeah. yeah, I guess I don't need to. I feel like I'm always like gonna give myself like another thing. Like I should learn how to do that. But like, no, you're fine. And you have people in your network who can read charts and can tell you things. So maybe don't stress yourself about
0: That's that. That's exactly it. Like I'm not gonna go learn paid media, but I will ask yeah. you.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um is there anything coming up that you're like really excited for and this doesn't necessarily need to be job related but like anything that there's like a product coming out or like a festival you're going to or just like something you're seeing out in the world that you're like I need to tell everybody about this
1: Uh, a couple things like on the work front like little words project is going to be showing up at south by southwest for the first time this year so we're going to be doing a couple different things um and I know that that's been on Adriana's personal vision board for the brand and herself so I think like 10 years into the business, we're doing that. Um, and I'm, I'm liking that, the fact that like it's coming in at like in my inaugural year. Um, for myself personally, what, what I'm like kind of looking forward to um, is I'm going to be 34 this year. I'm going to be 34 next month. And I don't, I don't know, like I feel like I'm sort of personally like outside of career, like shaping into the person that I'm supposed to be um and I feel like after having like a pretty challenging 2023 like I'm excited to see kind of how this year goes um and and yeah I'm just like the summertime like I just I just feel like that's that mid-year point I'll be able to like look back on all of the things because it's kind of like I was I was looking at this thing this is now me going off a little bit but like I saw this ad or something on on Instagram that I ended up sending to one of my colleagues and it was like the calendar of burnout and it's like, oh, we just came off the holidays and like, oh, we just had to make it through Q1, da, 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 da. And then you get to like the holidays again. And so I feel like I'm just excited to get to that midpoint of the year, like June and kind of look back positively mm. of, of what, what it's been like, yeah. of what this year's been like so
0: far what a beautiful manifestation tactic to say like I know (laughs) that in the mid point of this year I will be able to look back and see and be like really proud of all these things I love that and I also think like let's celebrate taking a break and like taking stock and celebrating our wins I think you're right like that totally resonates I think people are just constantly moving the goalposts on themselves and like in so doing like we don't have school anymore or like if you're in school right now like blessings but like we don't have like those you know oh you passed this class or you graduated from this thing you know we don't have that anymore and so we need to give that to ourselves in some way to have markers for like if if just only to have markers for time
1: yeah no totally like we don't have report cards we don't have semesters and like life and maybe that's why as you get older and out out of school or out of like formalized systems like that like you just feel like it's like it flies by everyone's like oh my god 2023 was a blink and I think it's because we didn't have time to do those types of things like we're just going 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 and then it's the new year already yeah so I think just like maybe putting in your own stop gaps your own marking periods totally (laughs) If you will yeah um
0: give yourself a little report card yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) gold stars Oh, across the board, five stars this yeah. past semester. Talks too much. <laughs> Talk too much in class. Did you get that too?
1: <laughs> I got. I got talks too much. I got. Well, when I when I got to college, I get like smartest person in the class. But and, like I like <laughs> like I would get like stuff like that. Like I would be like paying like always contributing like stuff like that. But yeah, I always did get like talks too much. But I think then I also got. A couple things like I got like I was never disruptive my sister always got that and we're like close in age and then people would always be like why can't you act more like your sister which was to me and I think like people need to not do that but like I did get like just talk too much chatty um like yeah like that kind of stuff yeah but not not negatively
0: that's good that's good talks too much in class can easily like I had teachers who were like and distracts others
1: yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I got like ha- good participation, but I did talk a lot, but like not in class. Like I would just like talk like on the playground.
0: <laughs> They're like, Amy is a functioning member of this school. <laughs> And, like, she is the connector that we all need. Like, you could even see, like, isn't that so funny how, like, the seeds are planted from such a young age? Like, talk too much in class. Like, now I have a freaking podcast. Like, you can't get me to shut up. (laughs) You had to ask if I was done with my thought. And I wasn't even sure, if I'm honest. (laughs) But, like, it can really work out. It can work out for you. Um, I'm so – Pumped that we got a chance, to, like, thank you for being so flexible and just like jumping on and just jamming on all of these random things that we just took this in so many different directions. But I feel like there's really great takeaways here for people who are, you know, feeling stuck in their career and like don't totally know what they they know what they want to do next, but they feel like they can't just like go after it and jump after that because of whatever limitations they're putting on themselves. And yeah. I think you're a really great example of someone who like just doesn't adhere to limitations.
1: Of course. No, I'm so happy we came on. I feel like we kind of were good without having a very strict agenda. Like we kind of spoke about so many things that naturally I like to talk about. I like to talk about myself. Number one, (laughs) I love to talk about career mentorship, advice, like Unconventional pathways, and then like wellness, and like my little routines. Even though like like I said, I'm not like on on top of everything right now, but I still am passionate about it. and I want to like inspire others. So like if you're if you're actually like not really struggling right now, and you have it in you, like just like take up a meditation practice. Like it will enhance your life or whatever of those myriad things that we
0: discussed. Yeah, no, 100. You're fantastic. How can everybody find you? Like where, where do you want, where do you want them to ask for your advice?
1: Okay. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram. My handle is A-I-M-E-E underscore O-H, Amy O. Um, and I spell it in my, my wannabe French way. (laughs) Um, and yeah, like I'm there, I'm, I'm on stories a lot. Um, yeah, just talking about my daily life. And sometimes you'll see some Little Words Project content in
0: there. I loved that. I loved how you said the other day, I can't remember if it was there on TikTok where you're like, one thing about me is I'm going to like, when I get somewhere, I'm going to stay in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really resonate with that.
1: Like I when I get in the car, I won't leave immediately. And then when I get to the destination, I still won't leave immediately. Like I'm like, this is a 15 minute errand. Why have we been doing this for 45 minutes? I,
0: but I like, I, I think like, really my husband's like a very quick like in and out of the car thing he's like why are you like taking so long and I was like I gotta just like make sure I have everything I want to listen to the end of that song exactly let me finish my thought like in my own brain like I agree like I think it's like one of those safe spaces where we have so few you know
1: Yeah, especially like if I have the time, if I was in a rush, maybe I would be. But even when I'm in a rush, I take maybe I'll take maybe I won't take 10 minutes, but I'll take two. They're like,
0: Amy, you (laughs) we saw you just sitting in your car and like the meeting had started. Like, what were you doing in there? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, don't that's it's so good. Um, thank you so much. And I'll like chat with you probably soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. All resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials. And until next time, talk soon.